This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week, our weekly podcast, signing on this Thursday, the 30th of May, 2019, the penultimate day in the month of May. Hope this month has been a pleasure to, uh, to, to experience, to live out. Hope it's been a fine month, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, May is always a, it's always a good month, you know? I mean, I, I like April, May, June, July, August. I, I, I like the warm weather, admittedly. Not that cooler days are, are bad, but I just, I prefer warm weather. So much so, as a matter of fact, that even in the wake of the uh, historic heat wave impacting the uh, southern United States, especially here in Florida, uh, where there are temperatures that are easily near 100 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm outside recording this. have a short-sleeve shirt on and uh, going with some black black pants today. But I'm outside. I'm, I'm taking it in. I have some iced coffee here as well to keep me going, physically, mentally, keep me from overheating and combusting, but everything is going well. The weather is, uh, the weather is pretty crazy, though. I mean, I'm sure we've, we've all really heard about the tornado outbreaks that have been ongoing in the last number of days, and tornadoes are scary. I mean, I, I, I say really, I am fortunate enough never to have fully experienced one firsthand, and yeah, I watch the storm chasing videos and all of that, and I try my best to familiarize myself with meteorology. But especially like the tornadoes, for instance, the one that struck uh, Dayton, Ohio, recently hit during the nighttime. I think when it comes down to so many meteorological events, a few things are scarier than a nighttime tornado. Because, right, it's one thing if it's daytime, and you see it, all right, you know where it is, you know, okay, I have to hunker down, I have to get into a shelter, or if I have the possibility of being able to evade and avoid it, or if it does not have that chance of impacting me at all. But when it's something that you can't see, and it's just out there in the darkness, but you know for a fact that it's there, ooh, that is, that is creepy. You know, and you see some pictures of it, where it just it's only lit up by the occasional lightning strikes, but it is there, and it's a monster. But tornadoes, very serious. They are no laughing matter, and uh, really anyone that lives in an area susceptible to tornadoes needs to make sure that they are aware of all the safety precautions that need to be taken. Just because it's something that doesn't happen constantly doesn't mean it'll never happen at all. You know, same thing goes for hurricanes and any natural disasters. It's unlikely that a a significant earthquake could hit California, but the fault lines are there, and it's always possible. Uh, You know, it's happened before, it'll happen again. Look at Florida. Hurricanes hit here all the time. Just because your area has not been leveled, and you made it out in one piece... 
err on the side of caution is what I'm trying to say. Make sure you have all the emergency preparedness materials and uh, good, good. there's always good resources out there to check and make sure. Alright, well, other than that, two things that I want to talk about today. And then we have the answers to the question that I submitted to uh, all of you last week. That was, uh, if there was one thing you can change about the world, what would it be? We have some good answers that I want to get to. Uh, this isn't going to be the world's longest show today. I woke up with a, a terrible migraine. You know, it was the weirdest thing. And it's, it's odd how it is sometimes, where you can wake up and you have a splitting headache. And <laughs> not a hangover or any of that. Uh, but sometimes you just wake up and your head is killing you. And I've been up... And it's getting better. You know, that's why I'm out here recording it now, of course. Uh, but as a result, it's just kind of delayed the process that I usually want to go through. I'm recording this at a later hour than I intended, but, you know, it's factors outside of our control. And as a result, I'm not going to be able to film the podcast this week. Uh, just because, you know, especially for those of you that deal with headaches all the time, you know that sometimes bright lights can set it off. And when I record these with uh, the video camera, I have these fluorescent lights that I set up for, you know, for, for maximum uh, efficacy. And I just, I don't want to stare into those for 30 minutes at the risk of bringing that back, so. Uh, it's going to be audio only today, but you know, the recording is fun. You know, it's fun to film it and all of that, so that'll continue when feeling better. Uh, that actually wasn't one of the uh, two things that I was going to talk about. So here it goes. I know that this isn't relevant to many people, but it, it needs to be mentioned anyway. Uh, I made the decision uh, two days ago. I'm going to be significantly cutting back uh, a good number of my shortwave broadcasts. Uh, these changes take effect immediately. Uh, so they're starting out for the month of June. And uh, they are permanent. Right? These are not temporary cuts. These are permanent. And it's all done for a reason. All shortwave broadcasts on Saturdays and Sundays are discontinued. In total, that is six transmissions. At 6 p.m. Eastern Saturday, that's 22 hours UTC, Broadcasts on 93.95 kilohertz, 77.80 kilohertz, 59.50 kilohertz, and 58.00 kilohertz are discontinued. At 9 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, 01 hours UTC, broadcasts on 58.50 kilohertz are discontinued. On Sundays, at 6 p.m. Eastern, 22 UTC broadcasts on 75.70 kilohertz are discontinued. In short, if you listen to this broadcast Saturdays or Sundays on the radio starting June 1st, you will no longer hear it. You might be saying to yourself, well, why did you do that? I thought you liked shortwave. Uh, why make the cutbacks? And I do. I enjoy shortwave radio very much. It's a good medium. But even I have to realize that it's, you know, it's not what it used to be. Uh, by that I mean the audience isn't what it once was. 
I would even wager a couple years ago, going back to 2015, there was a bigger audience than there is now. As a result, I have to manage these broadcasts effectively to make sure that they are reaching the appropriate number of people at an appropriate cost. And, you know, there's a reason why I sometimes sit there and I ask for correspondence so much. For the last several months, especially for the weekend broadcasts, I've been noting down and making tallies and all of that with the amount of correspondence that I get for shortwave broadcasts, who it's received from, if there's new people listening in, uh, where they're reaching, and I keep detailed record of this, uh, especially when it comes down to managing these. And the broadcasts on Saturdays and Sundays just are not reaching enough people to justify their existence. And you may say, well, how do you know how many people are listening? Well, I don't. But the thing is, if a show is broadcast for an hour, with a good signal reaching a large geographic area, yet in that span, I hear from zero people, and that's happened for, for some time, or one person, then it cannot be justified anymore. So, it's all been discontinued, but broadcasts for Thursday do remain, because those get significant response, and I know that's where the people are listening. So, again, broadcasts on Saturdays and Sundays are fully discontinued. I don't have any intention on bringing them back, uh, just because, you know, no one... If no one listens then discontinue it and take those resources and repurpose it to where people are listening. And the weeknight broadcasts, again on Thursday evenings, all the frequencies there perform very well. Uh, they get a continuous stream of response. Uh, the signal quality is good and it gets out, so that's where it stands. But I'm just taking the resources that are not utilized at all or may be underutilized, and I'm just repurposing them to where I know people will be listening. So, if you are a shortwave listener and you still want to hear the show, uh, again, bear in mind, weekends are a no-go. Thursdays, it's where you can listen. If you have any comments, we want a broadcast schedule. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com is the way to do it. Uh, secondly, there was a... It was something that a listener brought up. And, uh, I mean, it was something that got me thinking, anyway, about my own show. And at first, it, uh, it made me feel a little disappointed about the state of things. Uh, but then it kind of transformed and made me very grateful. And, uh, this was, this was a point that was raised by Brandon. And, uh, really, it's a listener question, but I just wanted to bring it up immediately. He said, How do you deal with having such a large, literally cult-like following on your food review channel with such a significantly smaller podcasting following. He says your podcast is criminally underrated and it seems like it should be heard by many more people than actually listen to it. On the flip side, there are tons of comments comparing you to deities and people throwing themselves at you on your food reviews. How do you explain such a dichotomy? Why do you think your fans seem to so passionately neglect 
to migrate over to your podcast. I hope we have more success. Thank you, Brandon. And you know, it is a shame. I mean, look, if I could have it anyway, uh, I would wish that, you know, if the food reviews got no views, that doesn't bother me. I would much rather that this podcast had more people that listened to it, or not that I don't like food or food reviews. Uh, I mean, but in my own mind, I think one is significantly more important than the other. Being able to share viewpoints, perspective, feedback, uh, respond to people, and maybe even help a few people out is exponentially, and I emphasize the word exponentially, more important than reviewing hamburgers. But, in the end, I mean, it made me feel... It made me feel a bit down at first. I was thinking, yeah, you know, I, you know, I wish. But made me come to a realization, of course. You cannot force people to like one thing, dislike something else. You can't. I mean, look, the truth is people aren't interested. Uh, they want to see what my thoughts are on food. Also comes down to attention spans. How many people are interested in, in you know, sitting and um, listening to what I have to say that's not food-related? You know, you can't force people to, uh, to, to enjoy that. And you can try to promote something, but if people say they're not interested, they're not interested. That's where it stands. Look, if it were possible to make people care about something more... So many of the problems that we have in this world would not exist. You know? People are reserved, they have their opinions, they have the things they like that they don't like, and a lot of people are just, you know, they're steadfast with that. I understand, I get it, you know, and I respect that. Of course, I try my best to promote this and get it out. Some people say, oh, could you stop promoting the effing show all the time and this and that. But you have to realize, of course, one of the most important things when you're doing something is you have to let the world know that, that it exists. Because otherwise, no one's going to do anything. You know, you need to have, one of the most important things anyway in the world of business is having a call to action. If you don't have that call to action, then, I mean, no one's going to know that it exists. So, it's the most important thing. But anyway... One thought led to the next, and led to the next, and you know the way it goes. And I came to realize, you know what? This podcast may not have the huge numbers of people that watch the food reviews. But it still has listeners. It has tens of thousands of listeners. There's close to 40,000 people... Subscribe to it on YouTube. There's thousands of people that listen online on the various platforms and on the radio each and every week. Just because it isn't viral doesn't mean that it is ineffectual. Because it most certainly is not. There are people that listen each week, and I realize that. And it made me realize, you know what? Of course you can sometimes wish for more. could always wish that one thing was better or had more of this or more of that. But do not lose sight 
of what you have right now. And, you know, it, it brought back that realization. And I just wanted to say that I'm very thankful for each and every one of you that listen to this show, that are tuned in right now, that listen, that write in, that send your feedback, your reception reports, your comments, or that never do, but still listen in regularly or even semi-regularly. It's you guys that keep this show going. I'm very, very thankful and grateful for that. It's a pleasure to be here each week doing this show for each and every one of you. So thank you all so much for for doing this, for tuning in, because this show just made me realize that you guys are a great audience and it's a pleasure to do this. You're listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Speaking of, any questions, comments, pieces of feedback, reception reports, VORWINFO at gmail.com. That's VORWINFO at gmail.com. And you're listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. So it's, uh, admittedly I took a short little break uh, from the recording just to get something to drink and have a little, a little bit of a bite to eat, but no, no big deal, can't even, that's the one thing with audio, at least, you cannot tell, you know, I could have been away from the microphone for an entire day, but it was just a short span. So anyway, coming up next in the program is the question for this week's program, uh, because I do have a fresh question for all of you, and then we're going to get to the responses for the question that I asked uh, in regards to if there was one thing you could change about the world, what would that thing be? And uh, then we have a couple topic suggestions, a few a few miscellaneous uh, topic suggestions going on anyway. So, of course, in a lot of the programs, uh, many of the topics that I bring up and the questions that I may ask uh, are more serious ones, you know? They might be uh, philosophical, they might be moral... They might be dealing with current events, uh, conspiracies, and all of those things. Though that does not, of course, remove the possibility of there being anything more on a non-serious or light-hearted avenue. Uh, today's question is more to that extent. So, this one has a little bit of a uh, backstory. So, lately I've been checking out television, seeing what's on, because I'm not a big TV watcher. You know, most of my entertainment is taken from radio, uh, a few things online, of course, and some music, but I really haven't been a big TV watcher, but lately I, you know, I've just been seeing what's going on, what it's all about, um, what there is to offer, and I've been watching a few shows here and there. Sometimes I like watching the uh, true crime shows, sometimes the news, though. I mean, look, you know my thoughts on the news cycle. How ceaseless some of it is. We'll, we'll save that tirade for another day. So anyway, I was going through the, uh, the, the channels, and a reality television show was on. Uh, probably one of the most famous ones. Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And, uh, you know, it follows their lives and their pursuits and all of that stuff. And I decided to watch it. 
I said, all right, well, I mean, I see it all the time. I hear about them constantly. I have nothing, nothing else to do, so... I mean, let's see what this show is all about. And, I mean, surprisingly, I thought I was going to hate every single second of it. I thought it was going to be miserable. Surprisingly, it wasn't bad. It was a means of living vicariously. You know the phrase, seeing how the other half lives. Because, I mean, they're these one percenters that you're never going to be. You're never going to have that wealth or that attention. And I really wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to be followed around by uh, paparazzi and all of that, you know? Uh, I'm a very introverted person. I like peace and quiet. But it's interesting to see how they live. You know, these extravagant, uh, big-money lifestyles. And it was an interesting show to watch. So that begs the question. Do you think that reality shows are valuable to society? And I say that in a very broad setting. You can consider the Kardashian show, reality show. You can consider some of the drama-related programming on YouTube. Because YouTube is really like the new TV nowadays. Reality show. So, do you think reality shows are beneficial to society? Uh, Why or why not? Do you think they provide an insightful look into people's lives? Do you think they are absolutely useless? I'm interested in your thoughts. They're popular for a reason, but but should they really be? Interested in knowing what you think? V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com So I'm looking forward to your answers. It's an interesting question, and probably next week we'll get to the uh, the philosophical stuff and all of that again, but I just wanted to switch it up, and uh, that's what we have. All right, now with that being said, we're now going to get on to the portion of the program where we read out your answers to last week's show. All right, so the question, again, was, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? First, we hear from Courtney in Tampa, Florida. To answer your question, if I could change one thing about the world, I would make people more empathetic. Empathy is quite a broad and abstract idea, so I want to be more specific. There are three main types of empathy, cognitive, emotional, and compassionate. Cognitive empathy refers to the mental exercise of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. On a cognitive level, and only a cognitive level, do you understand what someone else is experiencing? Next is emotional empathy. Emotional empathy dives deeper in that you not only mentally comprehend and recognize what someone else is going through, but you physically feel their emotions. What's especially fascinating about emotional empathy is that it is the direct result of mirror neurons. And it is explained that mirror neurons respond equally, whether you physically perform an action or whether you watch someone else perform the same action. So when you experience emotional empathy, your brain is responding in an almost identical way to the person you are showing that toward. Last is compassionate empathy. Compassionate empathy is unique, and in my opinion, the most valuable and effective form of empathy. 
compassionate empathy takes cognitive and emotional empathy one step further in that it inspires action. Compassionate empathy moves you to respond to and or help the person you're showing empathy toward. And, you know, that's an interesting viewpoint that you brought up. Because I don't, I don't know if you were a listener then, but back in uh, December of 2018, I gave a lecture on my show uh, where I was talking about empathy. And I was saying, I think people need to be more empathetic. That's one characteristic that people need to have and express more toward one another. So thank you for your answer, and I think people really could do with more empathy. Next we hear from a listener who goes by the name Guy from King's Highway. He said, I think I would change the relationship we have with money or even getting rid of it completely. It seems like the system we've built surrounding profits has taken the humanity out of people. People are more overworked than ever, and leisure is seen as a sign of laziness instead of something that all other creatures in the animal kingdom are free to do when they're not busy finding food or a mate. You know, that's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, certainly... Certainly, you could even argue that money, I mean, money controls so many people. Many people are terribly manipulated by it. I understand where you're coming from there. And of course, there is the saying, money is the root of all evil. And, I mean, that saying does exist for a reason. So thank you for your answer. Uh, Next, we go over to Beverly in southern Ontario, Canada. She says... I agree with your answer about humanity being just a little more kind. The effects of love and kindness, even the smallest gestures, can have such a positive impact. If I were to have the power to change one thing about the world, it would be along similar lines. I would want society to be more open and inclusive to people with disabilities. In my work and research, I've found that disabled members of the community have so much to offer, but seldom are given the opportunity to show it, especially when it comes to employment. Cultural attitudes have improved in recent times, but it can still feel as though they are being left behind in many communities. I wonder if you yourself have any experience with someone with a disability. Would you say that things can be hard for the person, and if so... Could it be solved by a little more kindness and acknowledgement from others? So thank you for your response, and actually your question goes along with it. Now in regards to your question uh, with people with disabilities, you know, in my opinion, I think that definitely having more of that kindness and acknowledgement is a good place to start. I don't necessarily think that it will solve every single problem, but I think it would be as I said, a good way to start tackling some of those issues. Because a lot of the time you see it, and it's like it's survival of the fittest, you know? If you aren't in perfect uh, condition, physical condition, uh, then you shouldn't even live anymore. It's like society almost encourages you to die. They, they, They don't want you to even be around anymore. They don't see you as being able to contribute anything, so you're better off dead. And that's not true at all. Uh, people may have disabilities, uh, be that physical or mental, but that doesn't mean that the person is absolutely worthless. As a matter of fact, most people who have one disability or another 
are still perfectly functional human beings. Yes, they may have limitations, but that doesn't mean that they cannot do anything or contribute anything or accomplish anything. That is simply not true. That is completely false. Uh, but I believe people, like you said, that have more kindness and acknowledgement towards those with disabilities, it would not solve the entire problem, but I think it would be a huge step toward being able to progress forward. Thank you for your answer and question that went along with it. Uh, next we hear from Devin in Minnesota. People being kind to each other is a good place to start, but I'd like to be more specific. I think that greed plays a big role in why people aren't treated with kindness. So many people are just looking out for themselves, no matter if they have a hundred dollars or a billion dollars. Some people have more money than they could possibly spend in their lifetime, and instead of giving it to a charity or people who are in need, they decide to buy a private jet or another mansion. Likewise, many people will not help with issues that do not directly affect them. Climate change, for example. Many older people say, why should I recycle or help the environment? I will be gone before it becomes a problem. And it's an interesting point. Uh, I know a listener a little while ago kind of mentioned, you know, along similar lines in regards to money. And uh, like I said, while money does have the ability to bring about happiness and solve a lot of problems, uh, without a doubt, it causes many, many, many issues at the same time. Thank you, Devin, for writing in and checking in. Next, we hear from Claire. She says, So I saw this week's VORW question, and I had an idea regarding something I call the three core virtues of mankind. I believe that all the ills in this world that humans cause to one another stem from an imbalance of these three core virtues, which I believe to be courage, wisdom, and kindness. She continues, Courage is needed to take action and to endure the hardships we face through life. Without it, we become spineless cowards who can do nothing as the world devolves into chaos. Wisdom is needed to correctly identify the cause of the problems we face and their solutions. Without it, any action we take is doomed to be ineffective at best, and kindness is needed to care for others and to orient yourself in society. Without it, you can become cruel, callous, or tyrannical. It is my personal belief that at this time, we're experiencing a wild imbalance of these three core virtues, and if I could do just one thing to change this world, it would be to get everyone to take all three of these virtues more seriously as they go about their lives. Very interesting feedback. Courage, wisdom, and kindness. Three very important characteristics, I will agree, uh, that I, I, do, I do believe there is an imbalance of them all. I mean, like you said, there are so many issues going on today that I think a little bit more of those characteristics in people would help significantly with, you know? Thank you for writing in. We have an anonymous listener writing in who, uh, as a preface, says this is not a serious answer. Imagine if everyone in this world knew psychoanalysis at a master level. That would be such a fun mess. Everyone would be able to read true intentions of others 
while skillfully hiding your own. But that said, if everyone are master of lies, will this lead to a world similar to ours? Well, it's an in- I mean, it would be a mess either way. It would be a complete mess. But at the same time, if everyone all of a sudden was an expert at psychoanalysis, the playing field would be completely leveled again because everyone would be trying to do the exact same thing to everyone else. I, I don't even... <laughs> it would be a disaster either way. That's all I could say, but thank you for sharing. Going over to another anonymous listener. One thing I would change, I would flip-flop the menus at restaurants. Instead of salads being $10 and hamburgers being a dollar, all healthy food would be a dollar and junk food would be 10 times the cost. That way everyone could afford to eat healthy. Healthy diet is an extremely important thing. And I mean, I try to eat better. I try to eat healthier. One thing that, I mean, I don't know if this is true, this is just a hypothesis. Because, of course, when it comes down to food, if you live off the grid, and you are able to live off the land, and grow everything yourself, and, you know, do all of that, maybe cost won't be a complete issue. But for most of us that go to the store, is it because, you know, eating healthier in some ways is almost considered popular, you know, to a certain extent anyway. Does that therefore allow businesses to charge more for it because it's considered, never should be, uh, trendy? You know, like if something is a trend, of course they're going to monopolize on it and they're going to screw you over with the price and overcharge for it. I don't know. Either way, it should be, it should be cheaper. Uh, Because if there's one thing that's important, it is eating healthy. If you want to be able to live longer with a good quality of life, it's not guaranteed, but a good way to go about it is to keep your diet in check. Yeah, you can splurge here or there. There's nothing wrong with that. You can live a little. But keeping it in moderation with some healthy food is very important. Uh, Ariel is checking in, and she says, If I could change anything... It would be people giving more money and volunteer time to help others more. More food banks, shelters, low-income housing, and mental health awareness outreach. More recycling awareness and public compost sites. The more all different income level people mix in volunteer situations or outreach programs or any free event, the healthier our society will become. You know, what is nice to see, at least, uh, in regards to possibly a trend with the answers here, is that so many of them are wanting to change the world for better, uh, which is a nice thing to see. Of course, we don't have the time to read all of the answers, but, you know, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that we didn't get one answer that said, oh, I would change the world so that everyone would look up to me like I'm a god, and, you know, this and that and the other thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm very I'm very happy to see that, uh, that there are lots of answers, at least for, you know, the betterment of humanity, which is a very nice thing to see. Emma is writing in, Maybe I would change the world to make people always seek for mutual understanding, as I think misunderstandings are the greatest obstacle on the way of humanity. 
I see it as the main cause of hate. That's why often when we see... When we are mad at someone, we say things like, I don't understand you. Why did you do this? Why are you like this? But many of us don't care to know why, although knowing could change entirely how we feel about it. Understanding doesn't mean approving other people's poor intentions or actions, though. It means overcoming unnecessary hate and opening up to constructive solutions. And I think that was important that it was added at the end, because otherwise I was wondering, okay, well, if we all had that understanding, would that therefore condone bad people out there? But like you said, it doesn't mean approving of those actions or intentions, which is a very important thing to add on. Understanding is absolutely another one of those things uh, that is that is always important. You know, it's funny, sometimes I will look around online, and I, I saw one example, I, for, I forget what it was really, but it was two people who were, I think, communicating, maybe texting between each other through some, uh, you know, text app, and one of them just typed something in the wrong way. And all of a sudden, of course, the person didn't mean whatever it was that they said. It was a, a misspelling or some, some sort of issue with how things were phrased. It set off this huge fight because the other person perceived it as something else. And there was the, not, not any understanding between them. And there was this huge fight that happened that could have easily been cleared up had there have just been that understanding. For instance... If they just had a short phone call or, uh, you know, anything, and explained, look, I'm sorry, I typed this the wrong way, that's all that there is, I, I didn't mean that, I hope you know it, and alright, it's done, and things continue onward. But yes, having that understanding is extremely important. And finally, we hear from one more listener who says, I think the one thing I would definitely change about the world would be to make childhood neglect any kind of neglect, emotional or physical, non-existent. That way it would be easier to have connections and relationships with one another without some kind of fear or childhood trauma. I personally feel that it has affected many of my relationships, romantic or not, so it would definitely be interesting if we were able to evade childhood scars and see how differently we would interact with people. And that's a topic that isn't brought up too often, but when it comes down to development of our mind, our body, our well-being, of course childhood is one of the most important times, and if bad things happen, they're to leave a lifelong scar on us. And so absolutely, I understand where you're coming from there. You're all listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Any questions, comments, pieces of feedback, reception reports are welcome, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Help support this broadcast, help support this show, keep it going. Donations are welcome at PayPal, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Via Patreon, patreon.com slash week. We now hear from our listeners with topic suggestions. If you have a topic suggestion, something you would like to hear me talk about in an upcoming program, 
If you have any questions, send them in v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com, and I'll happily get to them. If there are any anything you want to talk about, uh, clothing, you want to talk about the TSA, candles, conspiracy theories, anything you want. I can't guarantee I'll talk about it, but hey, there's no harm in bringing it up. The email address once again, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's the only way to be able to get it there. Uh, sometimes I've seen a few people try and contact me via other avenues, uh, in the comments, uh, via social media, uh, but unfortunately for organizational purposes, uh, those messages will not be read. That's why I emphasize the email so much. Uh, otherwise, if there were other ways, I would be saying that too. So that's just why I mention it so much. And now going over to our questions. Uh, the first one is fast food related. We hear from Braxton in Texas. Now, he he is a longtime listener. He's He's actually been here from the start, believe it or not, from 2011. And anyway, he says... Uh, are you going to be reviewing the new recipe, pan pizza, from Pizza Hut? Uh, your pizza reviews are iconic in my eyes. But yeah, I'll, I'll be giving it. I'll be giving it a shot uh, when I do get the opportunity. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Pizza Hut recently changed their recipe for the pan pizza, and I think it was the first time in forty years that they did. So I'll absolutely give it a shot when, uh, again, when the opportunity presents itself. I'll do a pizza review, and we'll see if it changed for better or for worse. So absolutely, I will, uh, I'll give it a shot. David in the UK has a question. Do you think technology has, in fact, caused more problems than it has set out to solve? Now, when I was going through the list and I saw that, it made me stop and think for a moment. Part of me initially was thinking, yes, but I, I don't. I really don't believe so in the end, because especially like when you look at social media, and you look at certain things that has allowed such terrible messages to be propagated to an entire populace. You've had, I think, in some ways, social media making people into extremely narcissistic individuals, not everyone, granted, and so many things, you know, that have their issues. I mean, I think you could name any piece of technology, and you can find the positive things and the negative things attributed to it. But in the end, one thing that I really think about is advancements in medical technology, in medicine. Now, yes, there are affordability concerns and issues there, but that's for another day, but in regards to the specific technology, the advancements in the field of medicine alone has helped so many people out, has saved so many lives that would not be possible before that. So in the end, when I think, has it caused more problems than it has set out to solve? I, I really think about the field of medicine, and I would disagree. It has its issues. It has its problems. It causes problems. It always will. But in the end, I think that it ends up solving more than anything else, especially in regards to how it can save lives 
and really extend people's lives. Diseases, conditions that would have been completely fatal years ago now can be cured and you can go on to live a productive life afterward. So I think these benefits really do pay off. But an interesting question. Thank you for writing in, David. And then going over to Zach in Israel. Now, he's had this topic for a while, and I'm pleased to finally get it to you. For a few years now, I've been running my own online business. All went well, but unfortunately, in the past year, the industry I've been working in suffered a big hit, and as a result, I had to look for a job. It wasn't easy to find a job, as my experience wasn't so relevant anymore but I finally managed to find a good one with the help of a few contacts I had. I've always been a rather introverted, quiet person, but in the past few years since I've been working from home and mostly kept to myself, I hardly had any social interaction and therefore became more introverted. Now that I'm going to be employed again, I'll have to see people and interact with them on a daily basis. I'm quite nervous about that. Do you have any advice for me? Well, I don't know if I'm really the best person to ask because I'm extremely introverted myself. But here are two things to remember. Number one, make sure, because a lot of people, and I hate to put it this way because it almost sounds discriminatory, but it's not. A lot of people mistake being introverted with being unfriendly. And that's just not true. Yeah, you have people who are introverted and just want everyone else to piss off, but that's not that's not everyone. So, I mean, make sure that you remain, try to remain cordial with your co-workers. You don't need to come off as overly talkative, but, you know, like if, if a topic is brought to you, uh, try to continue the conversation. Sometimes just light chatter can, you know, it, it can do, it can do some good anyway. Make sure, though, you remain focused on the task at hand. If you have any questions or issues you need to bring up with your co-workers, make sure you do that. Uh, remain communicative in the workplace. One important thing, again, like it actually was discussed earlier, is to make sure that there are no lapses in communication so that everyone on the team is on the same page. That's a very important thing, allows for maximum productivity, and... I think it just it smooths out any potential issues because otherwise, oh, you know, I thought you wanted this, or wanted that, or you didn't tell me about this, and you know, always good to have that communication. Make sure everyone is on the same page. Now, in regards to general conversation, one little trick: ask questions. One thing that a lot of people like doing is talking about themselves what they did, what they're doing, what their thoughts are on this and that and the other thing. And I think that's just a, a trait, a human trait. Lots of people like talking about themselves. So even if you yourself don't have much to say, a good way to come off as more extroverted, again, like don't, don't sit there and ask everyone questions nonstop. Oh, you know, how is this? How is that? How are you doing? What's your thoughts on this and that and so on? But when in doubt, in a conversational setting, a good way to save yourself and still come off as having those communication skills, ask people questions. It'll come down to the circumstances of the conversation itself, but it's a good way to really make everyone happy. 
they'll talk to their heart's content about whatever it is. It'll come off like you're interested, like you have, you know, again, you're communicating. And then make sure here and there, like, let's say someone, I don't know, went on a trip to, uh, to Florida, right? Yeah, and they're talking about, ask them a few questions about it here and there. And then just make sure you interject every, you know, so often so that they know that you're listening and paying attention. And before you know it, won't have any problems. They're not going to see you as antisocial or any of that. Don't need to be everyone's best friend. Don't need to be annoying. But, you know, having those little bits and pieces of being able to just make small talk, really. And also that communication flow in the workplace are two very important things. So again, I know I'm not the perfect person to ask there, but... I hope that helped. You're listening to VORW International. Again, bear in mind, due to lack of listenership, all broadcasts on the weekends have been discontinued on shortwave. Courtney in England has a question. I'd be interested to know what you think of certain books or movies slash TV shows being banned due to fear of witchcraft. Harry Potter was and still is banned in places because it involves witchcraft. Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, quite frankly, I find it absolutely preposterous. Do any of the spells, if if it's banned, do any of the spells from Harry Potter actually work? And uh, if the case, if that's the case, are there any spells that'll lead to uh, good health, lots of money, and uh, a revival in shortwave radio? Because if it is, make sure you forward those to me, because I'd like to know. (laughs) But... I mean, I, you know, it makes me laugh. It's so it's so sad how it is. I mean, even a few nights ago, I was watching one of the Harry Potter movies on uh, TV. It was like 4 a.m. And uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was on. Now, I've read all the books. I've watched all the movies. I'm, I'm not like an absolute fanatic. I'm not one of the people that has uh, written you know, pages of Harry Potter fan fiction or any of that. Uh, but I like the story. I like the movies, like the books. Yeah, I never, I never really saw the new ones. I like the originals the best. I think that's how it is for most series, right? And I mean, I just didn't see anything offensive in it. So I think to ban it for that reason is uh, extremely absurd and ridiculous. There are many other things. If we want to talk about censorship, uh, there are so many other things that would be you know, that are absolutely disgusting out there, that if you really are determined to censor something, so many other things. Harry Potter, I think it's ridiculous. So that that's my, that's my thought. Uh, because again, unless there's any proof that all of a sudden the one spell in Harry Potter that can, uh, you know, kill someone, all of a sudden works. And you can pick up a pencil and cast it and... All right, now we're getting somewhere, right? If that's not the case, no need to ban it. I don't think it's going to cause any social upheaval or anything like that. So that's my thought there. And finally, we hear from Becky and Koki Hansen. My question for this week, if you were forced to get a tattoo, what would you get? It must be a decent size, and it cannot be related to your time as a stuntman in Hollywood. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that uh, that up. I mean, that is so tough, because I've never really had the desire to get inked up or anything. I, there was some show that came on, so I was scanning around. They said I was watching the TV earlier, 
And there was some show about tattoos that came up where, I don't know what it was called, like a tattoo nightmare or something. I think it was on MTV because the only show on MTV I'll ever really watch is Catfish, the TV show. But it came on after that. And it was like people could tattoo whatever they wanted on someone else. And some of those tattoos were just so explicit. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I've never been a tattoo person. I mean, look, on someone else, I don't care. Right? It's your body. You have free will. If you want to get a tattoo, go for it. You're an adult. It's your body. You do what you want to do with it. Doesn't it doesn't bother me any? Um, but I myself prefer. Uh, you know, I'm not a. I'm just not a tattoo person. I think some of them can be quite beautiful. I think some of them can be very trashy, and a whole a whole mix in between. Granted, I don't know. The only tattoo I could even think to maybe put on would just be something in relation to my my loved ones. Uh, because anything else, just... I, I I wouldn't see being worth it at all, you know? Again, I think it all comes down to your personal stance and ideology toward tattoos. Like I said, I mean, anyone anyone else can, you know, go get a tattoo. Put whatever else you, you want on you. It's your body, like I said. Uh, but I'm just not a tattoo person, so that makes it quite a difficult question. And with that, that's all that I have. I'm going to wrap up the program, and thank you for watching, and... Oh, really listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. We'll be seeing you again uh, next week, next month, June the 6th, 2019. So stay tuned until then. And uh, I'll probably have the camera working by then, and uh, we'll be in better, better shape to uh, do a recording then. So stay tuned, and until then, thank you, take care. This is VORW. Your feedback is appreciated. Send your questions, comments, reception reports, feedback to vorwinfo at gmail.com. Please stand by. We have a few words from the sponsors who keep this program going. Glowing Ice is a one-man music project that is best described as something called outcast pop. Pop music for unpopular people. Mixing distorted guitars, big electronic drums, synthesizers, and sound effects recorded from the real world, Glowing Ice's latest album, Sunshine Fun Time, is something to experience. The topics of the songs from Sunshine Fun Time range from The Afterlife, Gamer Girls, songs on the radio, getting married, and even robbing a bank. It's certainly out there, but with upbeat, playful EDM dance numbers like Eggplant Emoji, to the slow, thick synths and heavy industrial drums of slow motion in bed, there is something for everyone to enjoy. It's Sunshine Fun Time by Glowing Ice, available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and everywhere else. Music is sold and streamed online. We also have a message from Steve's Beef Jerky Company, so lend an ear. I've been developing this recipe since I attended high school. I'm currently 35 years of age, and I've come a long way. My family, friends, co-workers are always hitting me up for my jerky, and I even have trouble holding on to my personal stash. Now, I buy the reddest, leanest, 
and freshest meat that I can find. I slice it up in very thin slices, and I marinate it for three days in the secret recipe of marinade and seasonings. This jerky has a little sweetness and great Cajun flavor. It's slightly spicy, but if you could handle generic buffalo wings, then you can handle this jerky with no problems. Each package is vacuum sealed and is never left out in the sun. The jerky is prepared in a clean, safe environment. My jerky is moist, and I try to slice it across the grain and thin as possible in order to make sure it is extremely tender. Brand name jerky is loaded with preservatives, which are also bad for you. Sodium nitrate and such are known to cause heart problems, and you have no idea what's in the stuff you're buying sometimes, and that Frankenstein's monster of a product can be scary. Give my jerky a chance. Buy a pack or two, one for your lunchbox, another for a loved one who I'm sure will appreciate it. It's a very lean product, all fat is trimmed off during preparation, and it's a great source of protein. I'm looking at you, bodybuilders. If you'd like more information, please see my Facebook page at facebook.com slash stevesjerky. That's facebook.com slash s-t-e-v-e-s-j-e-r-k-y. Steve's Jerky at facebook.com.